Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, so if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to, uh, you know, help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback. We look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I am, of course, your host, Ty McRae, and with me is, um, he fucking predicted it, and now he's got it. Um, he's now ill with some sort of corona-y kind of illness. Um, Cal, uh, don't get too close now. <coughs> I'll do. I, <laughs> I, I may have got a bit of corona and Lyme disease, but you know. How the hell has this come about now? Uh, oh god, I don't. E- I don't even know. To be fair, I just, you know, I think it's potentially because I've got two weeks off work that they've just turned around. My, my body's just gone. <laughs> fuck you, and decided to make me ill for the second week of it, but. Uh, did you did you happen to go on any sort of cruises, or uh, venture to Northern Europe at any point? If for whatever reason any of my uh, managers are listening to this, as I was discussing with yourself, uh, I think what what happened was I went to on a nice northern holiday in northern Italy. Um, got a bit of a cold, <laughs> and I'm just gonna have two more weeks off, so I'll see you. Whatever. Either take Benadryl and you'll see me, or you won't see me. Well, I'm sure Cal feels exactly the same way I felt after, uh, after doing this episode. Spoilers, which is um, Simpsons Safari, which is from Season 12, Episode 17, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by John Swartzwelder, with the original air date being April the 1st, 2001. Um, with the couch gag being that the family, it's the old... Um, yeah, I say spoilers for how I truly feel about this episode, but... They use the one they used to sort of pad out an episode where it's the kick line and the bears and the elephants and all the other dancers and the fire breathers there. But um, I'll get us kicked off now. Cal, do you have initial nostalgia or memories of this particular episode? Uh, I I do. I remember the gold, mainly the golden, uh, what's it called? Fucking... Oh, the old golden animal crack. Yeah, that's the one. Um... Yeah, so I remember the Golden Animal Cracker. Um, I always thought, for some reason, towards the end with the monkeys, that's that was a slightly different episode, for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, I... When you said... Because what happened was, usually, obviously, we do put a bit of, you know, behind-the-curtain stuff. Usually, it is just a random generated episode. But I specifically asked for something what was quite shit so we would be able to both rage about it um when you told me it was this episode i didn't think i'd hate it as much as i did i remember it being like an okay episode it's fucking shit it's awful (laughs) hey i've turned them around folks okay it's (laughs) it's just i don't know there's not it's just it's just simpsons being weird for the sake of simpsons and it's like in those latter seasons where they just the the beginning of the plot has nothing to do with the end, and then they go on, and then I ugh, 
I don't know. <laughs> Get used to more of these sounds. I think you'd be doing them even if you're uh, without Corona, Cal. <laughs> what about yourself? Well, uh, well, two things pretty much. Uh, BBC Two and the year two thousand. I do remember this being like one, you know, one of the new episodes for BBC Two um, at the time. Oh, sorry, not 2000. Say more 2002 there, because obviously it's um, on delay. But I always seem to recognise this with BBC Two, you know, the old Fresh Prince, Weakest Wink lineup, that sort of, you know, period of time. Um, and obviously, you know, Child's Tyler liked it because, oh, it's one of those Simpsons Goes on Holiday episodes. And, you know, I like a lot of them, you know, like with any sitcom, it's good to have a change of scenery, react to sort of different cultures. But um, as we are bound to get into this, folks, it. Um, really doesn't deliver i'm glad i'm looking at this now with more mature eyes than you know eight-year-old tyler going oh isn't that funny that you know they're slapping a hippo on the ass it's not the most awful episode i'll give it that like i think it, it, i don't think i'll hate it as much as the tennis episode we did but on the other hand it's still god awful and how we open up this um Absolute trash fire is the family. Well, more likely Homer, Bart, and Lisa are at you know the Cosmo Mart there, and they're having a little shop around here. And um, I mean, I've definitely been through this myself. You're just uh, sticking stuff in the shopping cart just to sort of get your own that way there. So you know, oh, we need candy, candy alone there. But even Homer gets in on the app saying, you know, oh, my doctor and you know my <laughs> my mechanic agrees that I need beer to help me next in the cart. Um, Cal, does this bring back any sort of young memories for you going to, uh, you know, your big supermarkets there and uh, trying to twist your mum's arm and getting what you want? Oh yeah, massive. I remember um, just wanting to... For some reason, I don't know why, it's pushing the trolley is like the best thing you can do. Like Yeah, it's super grown up. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I still enjoy it now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm an actual adult. Ha 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 ha. Um... But, you know, it's, like, I remember, one thing what always haunts me, and I remember whenever we used to, like, shop with my dad, because my dad worked quite a bit, it was always quite stressful kind of thing. So he was, he was the guy, rather than saying, well, we're going to get the nasty man to call you, he'd be like, I'm going to get my dad, your dad to call you, to tell you to shut up. Because he was, like, this mythical voice on a telephone. It was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, and I remember once, I must have been about seven or eight, and I was trying to get his attention, and he just weren't whatever he listening because he was deaf and I just went Daddy <laughs> and like <laughs> and like everyone in the area just looked at me and I was like he went what I was like can we have these nuggets he's like yeah fine just whatever just like throw them in I was just like oh, I feel so weird embarrassing I, to get what you want it was just like I think through the shame of just like oh, thanks, give <laughs> how away. old were you uh, 15, like, no. <laughs> I don't know, I was about like 7 or 8 or, or stuff, I think it I, it was the only, it's the only time in my actual life I can remember calling my dad daddy in a, like a non-ironic way as well, and it felt <laughs> awful, it felt yeah. <laughs> like, you know, other than calling my daddy kids or whatever, but yeah, or like, I saw a meme, and it was just like, weird boxer guy looking at this woman and it was just like me as a five year old looking at someone who looks just like my mother lost in a supermarket (laughs) (laughs) like a lot of those things you know just shouting mum walking around shouting mum even though 
Did every fucking every other person's called a mum? Like she'll know her name. We have the family. They've gone through the supermarket now. They're at the checkouts, and we've got the bag boy here. You know, getting a grease ear off Homer, organising it. You know, from um, you know, from each when each food was discovered, as well as like from I think lightest to heaviest, and he's about to organise it to the order that he'll eat on the way home. Wait, I changed my mind. Stack it in the order, I'll eat it driving home. Sir, please! I've already bagged it by color and an order of each item's discovery by man. The customer's always right. That's what everybody likes about us. Now, mush! You tell him, Jumbo! And you, start over. I want everything in one bag. Yes, ma'am. But I don't want the bag to be heavy. Well, I don't think that's possible. What are you, the possible police? No, we don't really have, um bag boys over here now do we cal i don't know about you but we have um i know in my supermarkets you'll get like the um the cadets or the scouts to come in and you know to help out your local community and that and to help bag stuff up but other than that we don't have paid workers to do it you fucking middle class piece of shit we like <laughs> no we don't have any of that shit but we had like obviously other than like aldi where they just throw it out a window straight into your car like, oh yeah. Have you seen sorry, very, very quickly, have you seen that uh little two year old um <laughs> she's like just throwing it like straight away. Yeah, so, it's the best thing in the world. And and if we if we do have any like American listeners or anything like Aldi, which I believe there is one or two, it's a Swedish supermarket, um, or Norwegian or something. It's over here in Britain as well, it's quite cheap. It's really, really good quality stuff as well. Yeah, um, it's the game right. However, they have a tendency of You've just they, they don't bag stuff for you. you don't bag it until you ha- you go to like the bagging area and then that's where you bag it because they'll just throw things through through the scanner and just hope for the best. And it's notorious where they might just throw it out the fucking window and it, like hit your gran or something like that. Um, oh, is it the ones near me anyway? Like we, they weren't really. It's only really recently and Aldi's been open. Um, like the Asda, which is like um, our Walmart and stuff like that. Um, the women. And like, I, if I were with my mum, I would expect her to help, like, pack it. Um, but the women in the who were who were scanning stuff, or the men sometimes, would like pack it as they go, kind of thing. Um, so we'd kind of like reload, load it all on onto the thingy band, and then. But other than that, it's not really a, a thing because we're more, you know, inept. However, what I found out is, it you know. You might have seen it in like TV shows and stuff like this, Tyler. Where they'll have uh, like petrol stations, they'll have a gas attendant, and they'll tell. Yes, them. I see that. A lot. So that's quite a big thing. It, it must have been a thing like many, many years ago, but it's kind of gone out now, really out of fashion. Um, but in America, I remember hearing this story a couple of years ago. I can't remember exactly where it was. It might have been Michigan or somewhere like this. But um, <coughs> but um, so they were going to put a law in where people would have to put the gas in themselves and people started freaking out and saying, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Like, <laughs> how dare they? Like, oh, I don't know. And people freaking out and saying, what, you don't know how to do the gas? It's literally just put it in, click the button and you're done. Like, it's fine. <coughs> First time I showed my sister how to do it, uh, she pulled the nozzle out whilst it was still loading and it poured oh, petrol no. all over me. Oh. Um, luckily, luckily, I didn't like smoke at the time, but I did go straight in the shower when I got home. Jesus Christ! Uh, it's what's like, what what it's like having a little sister, Tyler. 
<laughs> Quite literal murder. We also have a few other people shopping here and giving the bad boys stress. Um, my favourite one is um, Agnes uh, giving the bad boy grief, saying, you know, I want all the shopping in one bag. Oh, okay, Agnes. Yes, but I don't want the bag to be heavy. I don't know if that's possible. I do love a good squeaky voice, Teen, and yeah. you know Agnes herself there. You know, you always guaranteed a bit of a golden line there from her as well. But we have Homer. Right, I'm gonna call this. You know, oh, I know on the old forums you have jerkass Homer, who's just this insufferable. You know, no sort of demon qualities character in the later seasons. But I'm gonna recall him Prick Hoga here, Quick Prick Hoga. Homer here. Because, um, you know, C-word Homer, I'd love to call him that, and I'm sure you will, Cal, but for the sake of marketing and promo, uh, we'll go with Prick Homer there. But he just starts griefing him and poking him with a baguette there, and it's just the tone of it, and obviously Dan Castaneda, fantastic, brilliant, amazing voice act there. But he does too good of a job at being this insufferable prick that it makes me carry on and continue thinking that Homer's this prick when he's not in this episode there and I just didn't like the feel of it Cal he's just it's done for comedic viewing it really like I don't mind it like I I do get why people sometimes can be a bit arsy with it and all kind of go oh well you know he's just being a dick for the sake of being a dick the thing is about him though is it's purely it's used for comedic effect that he's like oh I don't need anyone like fuck you what are you on about I just think it and it carries on throughout the episode, and it gets excessive. Would uh, be my argument. The thing is about it, where, where he's kind of where he's mean, Homer, should you say, is it is supposed to be an idiot. Like it's a given that he's an idiot, and then like he's he's such an idiot that what what he does, which is supposed to be malicious, is so idiotic that he will just kind of trip himself up. And that's what kind of leads into into this episode where, you know, he's such a he's such an arsehole, you know, <laughs> the bad boys do a fucking siege on Springfield. And it's like, he causes that with his bullshittery, like, that's where the comedy behind it goes. Speaking of the bad boys siege, the bad boys, you know, enough is enough. It's time for a change. They're going on strike here. And we have a, you know, one, I think one of the few genuine good moments of this episode, Cal, for me anyway, is... um. Lenny, you know, hell, it's like 2020 now, folks. Um, I don't know about the American listeners, listeners, but um, we're not using, trying not to use plastic bags as much anymore, so you have to pay for them. And this is definitely me at the Tesco, as the other supermarkets are available, uh, self-checkout. Do you remember that video, that old advert, I can't remember where, about where, where a guy had like six bags on each hand? Oh, yeah, the proper nasty old-looking ones where they cut through your fingers. But the family has a food shortage. Springfield itself has a food shortage because this bus boy, the bag boy strike. Um, so, you know, busy trying to find stuff. They can't find anything. But, you know, Santa's helper's on to it. You know, he's got his own secret supply. But what of? He tries to sneak away, but the family end up spotting him. <gasps> you know, he'll lead us to food there. And, you know, a slightly cute moment here. We have um, Santa's little helper sort of leading them astray there. Points with his poor saint. Oh, yeah, it's over there. And then he just darts away, but the family end up chasing him. He ends up getting up to the attic. He retrieves this little box, and Homer just snatches it off him. Um, did you notice um, Santa's little helper gnawing at Homer's leg there? Yeah. Just a little little growl there. That's quite cute. 
my old lunchbox. We have Homer discover um, these, you know, animal crackers there. And, you know, the, there's some sort of food there. So Homer just starts to go through it. But for the love of God, you know, they were made in the 60s there. But, I mean, he, he doesn't care. He's completely malnourished. But he ends up chomping on a solid gold animal cracker, as um, Cal rightly remembers. And Lisa reading the box says, um, you know, if you find it, you know, you're entitled to holiday. So uh, this is where you just get a massive right angle change in direction there. So now, you know, those Simpsons are going on safari there. Yeah, this is where the problems really start then, Cal. This is where it just takes a right angle. It takes a few more before the actual episode ends. But Homer's meeting with the company there, you know, Kitchen Made Inc. Uh, he wants to do everything on this Animal Crackers box. He wants to <laughs> shoot a lion in the face, box Muhammad Ali, and be in a convertible with two happy zebras. Again, one, one of the few shining golden nuggets in this um shit sandwich here yeah. now do you see the meme that went around god i think it's a few years ago now cal but do you remember when there was some prize shit hunter that shot a lion down cecil the lion yeah the dentist guy yeah, yeah. i definitely remember a meme going around saying did simpsons predict cecil the lion and this was this tiger getting a right shot in the face the box you know it's faulty itself stabs homer in the eye so you know the corporate big wig sort of you know, they don't want him to sue, so they give him the holiday. Homer gives the immortal line, the Simpsons are going to Africa. Hooray! And, you know, thousands and thousands of miles in, it's not, I wouldn't say even deep Africa, some part of Africa where it's clearly like a stereotype or something. This Nugongo's dancing, and he's terrified of evil's coming. So he gives the master one of his mates, you are Nugongo now, and runs off, and... Yeah, have a guess if this was like an actual African actor, folks. Uh, or was it just Hank Azaria doing his impression? It's like, I'm not being funny, Tyler. You, you're getting a bit too meh, meh, meh. It's a, it's a cutaway gag. It doesn't necessarily, like, I get obviously you could get a black guy to do it. And it's kind of, you could, you could kind of cut away to it being a minstrel and all this rubbish. However, I think you're looking too much into it. Well, that's the thing. I'm sure there was plenty of actors to do it and... I guess I've, I don't know, I've, maybe I've changed my mind on the fact that, you know, other people can do certain voices, but I just don't feel, uh, well, now I don't feel comfortable with, you know, people of white skin doing other people's accents that aren't of white skin. Just, I don't know, just, I don't, I don't really like it, but again, it's probably a personal preference, but, you know, I mean, we'll get through a lot of it in the episode with Hank Zaria doing his impression. Out of curiosity, though, what about, for example, um, in in a lot of the Superman cartoons, Lex Luthor, who's, who's a white character, is played by a black man because he's got a deeper voice. Or, for example, Kratos in the video games is played by two black character, uh, two black actors, even though he's a Greek god. It's purely because he's got a deep voice and such like that, and he's a voice actor because he's acting. Um, I don't think it's nearly as much of an issue of course you can have a gripe with it by all means but i don't have nearly as much of an issue because it's you know it's a person of minority in that role and he's been awarded that role for that reason whereas you know if it's you know ten a penny white actors there you know it's just like i don't know i find it like giving or taking opportunities away from uh other actors of why not uh, minority why not greek actors for like god of war Okay, yeah, that's a very good point. They could, they could have used Greek exactly. actors. Shut um, up, Tyler. 
this is my podcast now. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I think that's that's my main argument with it. Like, yes, obviously, you can get black actors to um, play obviously black characters and white actors to play white actors. And I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying there's a, it's been a shit show of you, you know mis casting and such like that. I think most likely it's purely just of a cheaper aspect to just have some guy. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to do that. You know, in in house staff. Yeah. yeah, you're right there. We have the Simpsons come out with a plane. They're welcome to Africa by Katengi. There, you know, he's going to be their guide for the whole tour, and then they're driving to their accommodation. They pass a billboard with, you know, President Muntu there. He's the dictator, and he was the first dictator to have a completely bloodless coup. You know. All smotherings. And then usually, for the longest time, the line that goes after this is just like Jimmy Carter. But in the version I watched, Cal, this is cut out. I don't know why. Maybe because it was slower in a previous president and American censors don't like that. But did you see this at all? The Jimmy Carter thing? Uh, I think I did. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a Jimmy Carter thing. They, they ripped Jimmy Carter all the time. He's the only one who's still... He's still alive, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it was... A, did you watch it on YouTube or... Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I tried watching it on YouTube but because the quality was so shit. It was like 3 by 4 I was just like, mm, no, I'm just going to find different ways of, of watching it. But I'm pretty certain the Jimmy Carter thing were on it. I, can't, I, can't, I don't see why it would cut. Other than maybe if he's watched it and whoever's uploaded it has took it from like Australian grab or like a British grab so sometimes they... uh, I think that that possibly might be why in that case because I mean they rip into Carter um, but that is the joke itself because he was you know one of the I don't know boring sort of non-offensive presence and actually did you know a lot of good and after he was president he helped build huts in Africa and get clean water in certain countries and that so that's very much the joke itself there but uh, yeah it's Odd how they just cut that one. So we have gags throughout this episode where it's like, oh, the Simpsons interact with this crazy, dangerous nature that, you know, Africa Africa has. We have, like, a massive tarantula um, spraying the suitcase and it shrinks. We've got mosquito nets that are inside out there. We've got... Oh, right. I guess we'll just skip forward a tiny bit as well, Cal. Well, maybe not so much, but... um. I mean, what did you think of the safari bit where they're looking at all the different animals and they have um, the, what is it, the rhino and the egg? Yeah, the rhino and the egg bit, That's that bit made me giggle a little bit because there's nothing better when, when you have somebody, especially when you, you always thought you were right and you're just like, what did you see, Lisa? Well, I know, but what did you just see? Like, it's just, that... Look, if it was more dumb and fun and like mystical like that, it would be more, um, I don't know, well regarded this episode. But I just found it quite that that bit quite funny. I thought the animation of obviously what's kind of ripping off the Lion King looked a bit cheap, a bit like copy and paste. Oh, base. okay. You know, with a big sun and it's just like yeah, like it's giraffe, elephant, giraffe, giraffe, elephant, elephant, giraffe. It felt very just copy and paste kind of thing. I don't know. See, well, that's the thing. With the rhino and the egg, I'm completely the other way. I just think, you know, random humour for the sake of random humour doesn't really do it for me there. And, the you know, the giraffe popping out of the little uh, prairie hole there. I don't know, Just I felt like it was just there 
as the fact it was, oh, it's just surreal for being surreal. So I wouldn't say it's really my cup of tea for that sake. It's like, um, oh, here's a good example for British viewers anyway. It's like when Noel Fielding went and did his own Noel Fielding's yeah. like cosmic fucking whatever on E4. It didn't work for me. You need the straightness of Julian Barrett. You need the straightness of Howard Moon to bounce off of that. Yeah. Whereas The Simpsons is just out insane reality in this particular episode. I, I agree with what you said about the no fielding thing. I remember being so excited for that. And then I, um, I asked one of my friends who was quite a big pot smoker at the time, saying what did he think of it. And he was like, I've watched it bait and it's absolutely shit still. Like, it's just not <laughs> funny. I don't know. The, that bit made me made me giggle a little bit. The mm-hmm. whole uh, rhino and the egg, and then there's a bit later with a hippo, which kind of made me giggle as well. I believe there's also a bit where they're going from spot to spot with a safari, and there's some African song on the radio, and Katembe says, "Take it, Homer," and Homer just spouts a load of gibberish nonsense. Do you like that cow or? Yeah, indifferent. Like it's. It just seemed lazy to me. Like, yeah. A first, and I'll just say it, folks, this felt like a first draft script that they couldn't be asked to, you know, keep working on, like from the doldrums. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of, like, potential jokes, but they just don't develop into anything more than anything. Like, it's just... Nothing really happens in it. It's just it's weird. It's, it's, it's late. Like you said, it's just lazy writing. <laughs> Take it, Toma! We have Katembe pots spots and poachers there, and he ends up shooting at them as they drive off. And you know, oh, don't worry, they'll be back because they left the cargo pants. What the fuck? What kind of jokes? Yeah, exactly, Cal. What kind of jokes that? Nothing. I'll be on. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Like after so long in this episode, I switched off. Like I just couldn't be bothered with it. It was just. Wow. Okay. Like I tried. Did you do, did you do the same with Tennis the Menace then? No, Dennis. Tennis the Menace. The hatred oh, kept wow. me alive. It was. It like it. It. It grasped my attention enough, but like. It's just. Did you ever watch Man of Steel? Not Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Steel. Superman, Man of Steel, right? I saw that in the cinema and I was really looking forward to it. And there was so much going on to the point where I got bored and the only thing that kept on getting my attention was the fact that the person who was sat next to me had really bad breath and they kept on, like, ripping at it. And because their bad breath was so bad, I'd rather watch the TV than... The film, sorry. Than the actual shit show, breath-talking bullshit or whatever. But this episode, like... Despite the fact that they're in Africa, and the f- despite the fact that there's, you know, there's potential for loads of different animation quirks and stuff like that. Like the New York episode we've not long done. Um, oh, what a dream. It Like, that was this, you know, the animation was beautiful in that. However, there's, they, they haven't done anything with it. It's just The Simpsons, it's just Homer being an idiot. It's just Lisa being a know-it-all and getting proven wrong. And there's not like... You know, they could have made more Jumanji jokes or something like that. But it's just... it it this, it this It's free... Each act of this episode 
and we'll discuss about it more later, obviously, because this is sounding more of like my my end of episode review. Each each act just feels like a completely different plot. Yeah, and it, it does. Don't, it does. They very very barely link into each other whatsoever. Any more than an episode previous links into this episode. The Simpsons end up visiting a Maasai tribe, or, you know, Zulu kind of tribe there, and um, well, again, reading some behind the scenes stuff on this, some show notes. They obviously got um, you know, the jumping in the sort of manic song, right? Correct, you know, because that's quite true to these, you know, uh surrounding African villages and what they do but the uh, thing with all the jewellery extending the neck and the stone whip and that that's not that's not like factually correct according to the um, articles I've been reading or it's you know it's that outdated concept of Africa or it's you know not even Africa it's deep Papua New Guinea villages that deal with all of that rather than like a modernised African village and this is only two thousand let's say it's 2000 this was all written and conceived as well like they're not all going to be in mud huts but obviously you know it's the easiest thing to go to when you think of africa you think of villages and that you wouldn't think modernized town africa because you know where's the where's the easy humor in that we have the simpsons family getting into a frenzy now with a big african dance there you know lisa's going on that weird african horn thing but marge's knocking oh this has been going on for hours but this hasn't stopped home resource banging on these bongos and African drums and then he ends up <laughs> um, slapping a hungry hungry hippo and it ends up going for him now you say this got a little chuckle out of you Cal yeah it's this this the kind of like ah oh, a hungry hungry hippo as as he runs away um, and it's it's a whole kind of misleading fact of get in the water hippos hate water it's like no they don't and it's like oh shit no they do like I don't know it, it just kind of... I will say, I didn't like that joke, but it won me over when I actually got to see the hippo's reaction. Like, yeah. Like a little cat in water. We have the Simpsons escape on an African shield. They're using it as a boat. And they've got two lanes to go. They can go to, you know, the Rainbow Peace Riverside on the left or the certain death on the right with all the skulls there. Now, you must have seen this gift before on Twitter or that. I've seen it loads of times now. Yeah, it, it, like, that's the thing about it. it this episode is very memeable. Um, it's probably one of the only good things about it. I like I like the kind of bit of it uh, when the, you see the natives and the uh, <laughs> in 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 the jungle thing, and they're like, "Oh, look, it's uh, it's tourists. I wonder if they'll be interested in my thing." And then Homer throws. Some of goes, what? That was rude. How dare they? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? that was a, yeah, that was a solid scene, and I can confirm that that was um, you know, that genuine African accent and that African region that they were reading. So that was all, uh, you know, that was all fairly accurate in that, and you know that that joke did work. So I'll, I'll I'll accept that. We are finding a few nuggets of gems of goodness in here, folks. We are trying for the love of God. Let's just float by quietly. Simzaha, Ningeo, Mizwa. Tuwiki, he, Tahabu, Quakawewe. 
that bit made me giggle, but like this episode, I, like at this point, what was your thoughts on this episode? You don't seem to hate it as much as like the Tennis to Menace episode. Well, I feel nothing. I just feel it's bland and empty. I, I can't feel the effort that the writers made. This was clearly one where, I don't know, they must have kept finishing early or they just wanted to get um, season 12 done. Because this is episode 17 when it's broadcast. And let's say there's 23 or 4 in an episode, or in a season, I should say. So I feel like they just got brain drain and just showered a load of shit together and it didn't really match. See, I feel it was more... They had an idea to go to Africa. Um, but for whatever reason, they decided, you know, they they, could, they couldn't decide on which plot, so they decided to do all three plots. Like... Ah, yeah, maybe. That's why it kind of it feels like this Frank, you know, this cannibalized episode of three different plots. Because what happens afterwards is they end up, sorry to take over here, but they end up going down uh, Victoria uh, Falls, end of this plant. That's the bit I always remember, and I was thinking about that bit the other day for some reason, I can't remember why, where they fall into this plant and they think they're safe, and all of a sudden the plant starts eating them, and eating them and they go, no, no. And then Herbert just opens it like a door. And he goes, how did you know how to do that? It's like, it's a plant. Like, it doesn't matter. That bit made me giggle because it was just kind of dumb. That was fine, yeah. Um, But it's just... it Then it just kind of comes into this C-plot what has nothing to do other than if, if, if it weren't set in fucking Africa, it wouldn't have anything to do with any other part of any other fucking part of the episode whatsoever because all of a sudden they're in you know they go to this monkey sanctuary where it's a jane uh what's her name jane air not jane air jane goodall jane goodall ripoff like parody kind of thing where at first marge obviously thinks it's like it's named after his wife it says that obviously she's a woman um (coughs) excuse me and it just kind of, it's it wraps up quickly. And the only the other than being in Africa and the fact that Greenpeace reappear, which I feel the one thing the Simpsons have done good is obviously Greenpeace and choosing Greenpeace and not Peter, which notoriously isn't the greatest and it's quite it's a lot more cruel to animals than it may actually uh, come across initially, um, with having. They notoriously have a, a lot more. I think more more of their shelters are like death shelters rather than just like they'll put them up to adoption and such like that. If they're overpacked, they'll just kill a load of dogs, regardless if they're healthy or not. Like they won't treat them or anything like that. They're notoriously bad, Peter. Um, but it's you know it just. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like a completely different episode, and the fact that it was just. Like, they were indecisive. Either they were indecisive, or they just didn't really know how to end it, or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I'm looking at a trivia on on IMDb. They've misspelled couch, and nobody's corrected it. Like, they spelled it C-O-C-U-H. Like, I don't know. This, it's just a nothing episode, despite the fact that it's in Africa and so much goes on. Nothing happens. I can't really add on to Cal's um, 
great diatribe there. Um, so I guess we'll just try and zip through this episode, folks, and save us all. The family end up getting lost. They end up spotting a monkey there, and so they end up following the monkey. Very briefly, I will say, they keep referring back to, oh, what's happening with the bag boys? Don't refer back to it if there's... They don't even have a cutaway, or, you know, not a flashback. They don't even have a cutaway back to see what happened with the bag boys. They could have had them, like, I don't know, Mad Max type, if you're going to go this fucking insane with everything else. But no, didn't bother with that. What's the point in it anyway? Um, but we see the monkey, he's at the Jane Goodall reserve there. They end up coming in for Jane Goodall. And, you know, there's some lazy joke about Bart eating grubs and all that. And Homer says, oh, your house smells like monkey feces. Your house smells like shit there. So I noticed your home smells of feces. Yes. And not just monkey feces either. Could we talk about something else? I, I love what you've done with these poles. Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall ends up telling them about her day, which is basically watching monkeys, having a quick lunch, then dreaming about monkeys all the time. And then mean prick Homer comes along and says, oh, this is the most born woman in the world, you know. I knew people wasted their lives, but Jesus, like, oh, all right, fuck me. No, that, Jesus. Bit, that bit made me giggle. I was just like, you're the most boring woman in the world. And then one of the monkeys points out these um, so-called poachers uh, coming for the monkeys there, and the Simpsons family rally up there, and they fight the good fight. They throw coconut bombs and chuck bees at the tyres, and the jeep explodes there. And, um, all right, this is my, not line or favourite moment of the episode, but the one that got a good smile out of me and the most, I, I guess you could call it somewhat likeable. Somebody like this monkey! <laughs> Bad monkey! It's when Homer chucks a monkey on this um, palm tree and he's about to fuck, he goes, quick, somebody like this monkey. Just, we have gone to war now and we will take anything to win there, so I did get a slight giggle out of this cow. Is that is that your best part of the episode? Or yes, got... that's my only really? proper best part. Yeah, well, yeah, on the whole, it's just, like you say, nothingness, and I can't really think of anything that stood out that much, apart from the surprising memes, but like this monkey on fire, yeah, it just tickled me. Lisa's brawling with one of the poachers, and it turns out he's actually working for Greenpeace, and it turns out Dr. Jane Goodall is, you know, a diamond thief, and, you know, she's... Run, it's like Sierra Leone, she's running these diamond mines there. And you get to see all these monkeys and little worker hats there. And they're just slaves um, mining all these diamonds there. And it just made me think of the Ricky Gervais show and whenever they do monkey news. And it just made me want to watch that instead, Cal. So at least it had that. You know, I want to deal with some monkey news and some Carl Pilkinton now. So it's got that going for it. This fella, right, who... Uh... He had a problem with his eyes. He was in America, you know, like how you have to pay for, for medical stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said, oh, if, if I fix them, it's going to be like 10 grand, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, but I haven't got the money, doctor. He goes, well, I can't help you then. You know, there's a lot of people with bad eyes like them. Can't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. So he goes, oh, it's getting worse. Can't do anything. God. So anyway, so he goes home. Is that the price of human eyes, is it? So he goes home, he's looking in the paper, right? And he, he sort of sees in the adverts at the back and uh, there's a little advert there saying cheap doctors, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no, no. He sort of wakes up and uh, he opens his eyes, right? And uh, it's brilliant. He can't believe it. Little monkey comes out. Oh. And he's like, what's, what's, what's going on here? It's a hospital. Why is, the, 
Why is he a, a monkey knocking about? Yeah. So the woman, woman said, well, what, what do you mean? He's the doctor. He said, well, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have come here. She said, well, what do you mean you didn't know that? She said, the advert in the paper you read, it's like chimp doctors. Yeah, there's, there is that. Like, this this is probably my favourite bit where, where it goes into the mine. And it kind of turns around and goes, uh, hey, look, I found a diamond. He's like, that's a xylon, you idiot. And smacks him. <laughs> Like, uh, you know what, I did enjoy that as well. I'll play the little intro there. It kind of goes up back into the cabin. And this is one thing what kind of annoys me a little bit, is she kind of loses her mind a little bit and she kind of goes, you know, there's nothing to do, like, there's all these diamonds, she's one of the richest... Uh, yeah, it goes really dark and manic. I didn't like it. I didn't like this. I didn't mind this bit because it kind of like she she tries and bribes him off, and you think that it's going to be better for him, and it, it it skips to them on the plane. It's all everyone but Lisa has uh, jewels. Even Maggie has got got one as a dummy rather than. <laughs> yeah. uh, that bit kind of made me giggle, but like it would have been nice to see the Greenpeace people like, I don't know, jeweled up as well. Just to see if it was yeah, it's okay. But and then as they're leaving, they see that the uh, their previous tour guide has now become president of of Africa. And uh, yeah, pretty, but what happened to President Muntu? He becomes a flight attendant, and he doesn't want to talk about this. Hey, look, our tour guide got a new job. Mm, quite a promotion. I was wondering what became of him. What happened to President Muntu? I don't want to talk about it. Yep. Oh, and until you think they've stopped with the bag boy fucking references. Oh no, they had a fucking card right at the end saying, Oh, keep going, bag boys. No, don't keep fucking referencing the thing that was dead in Act One. Right, that's the end folks. Uh Cal, let's wrap this up. Short short thoughts and final grade. Here we go. Um, short short thoughts because I've I've basically just ran about it. I like I said earlier. I don't know whether or not you'll keep the full thing in, but uh, it's just. I, to be fair, I did ask for an episode which was shit. You delivered. Um, <laughs> it, it made to the me, minimum, it, minimum. Yes. It made me sick. It made me physically sick. <laughs> it actually gave me corona. Oh no! I'm sorry. I caused this. <laughs> Oh no! <coughs> this is your fault. Sorry, this. Playing on thick. <laughs> Each fucking part barely links into the previous acts by a, a fucking little tiny little string of hope. Not even hope. This fucking plot. I don't. This plot, and then it just. But it just. You've broken me, man. Like it's just shit. Like. I didn't think this episode was going to be as bad as it was. And it's not that it's a bad episode. Like, there's a few funny things here and there. Um, mainly, like, the cutaways and stuff like that. Which, I was reading the other day, completely related to this episode. Simpsons used to have a lot more cutaways until Family Guy became a thing. And they didn't want to be kind of linked to Family Guy, so they stopped them. But the little cutaways and stuff like that are quite funny. But the rest of it, it's a forgettable episode. It's shit. Nothing particularly good happens other than the odd 
one or two jokes. Um, I, I, I'm gonna have to give it two out of five failed presidents, if I'm honest, because oh, two Jimmy, out of five. Okay, I'll have Jimmy Carter and I'll have the other guy, Mantu or whatever his name were, because it's just like it's not a god awful episode. It's just a very forgettable episode. Right, I'll keep it brief. I felt nothing, as Cow has illustrated brilliantly. And I'm keeping in your whole diatribe because it's perfectly, um, you know, encapsulates everything wrong with the episode. It's three separate plots stitched together. I felt like the writers couldn't be asked with a good punchy rewrite, so they kept it like it's the first draft. Lazy jokes, lazy accents. Yep, completely empty and vacuous. So I'm going one out of five um, diamond cart monkeys. Um, that's being generous, folks. All right, praise be. We are done, Cal. Celebrate good times. Come on. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> right. Um, shall we have a little pull on that random episode generator? Let's see what pops out next. Can you give me a Africanized jingle for that, please? But be a bit sensitive, for the love of God. Don't get his cancelled. No, I can't. I was trying to do like Bless the Rains on Africa, but it wasn't really working. <laughs> get ready to inherit some fortune and be aware of the dogs that shoot bees from their mouths. Because we're going to season five with Burns's air. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Twitter at TylerTMC. Look for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast in the name. And our Facebook page as well. And we will see you folks later. Take care now. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Mmm, sounds good.